welcome to episode 114 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast, a more relaxed bit discussion about horror movies and the horror genre. I'm one of your hosts, Jennifer Strand, and joining me is our very own limb collector, Dan McGuinness. Hello. Hi. Before we start, before I ask you what you've been doing, I'm just going to mention that, yes, I said that we'd be doing Fright Night 2011 for our next uh, film. No. We're not. No. We're doing Black Christmas because I looked at the calendar at fucking Christmas time. Yep. Okay. So, Black cool. Christmas. Is that a new film? It is not. It's uh, 1970-something. Um, it is like a proto-slasher film. Ooh. So, I'm very excited about that. Um, so, we're doing that. Mark it in your calendar. Anyway, Dan, what you been doing? Um, well, I over the past while... I got sick, if you remember. I remember. I had some time off in mm-hmm. the shed away from my family because my baby can't get sick, so I have to get keep away from my whole family when I get sick. So that is I isolate myself, um, even if it's not COVID, just yeah. sicknesses. So I had some time on my hands. So I watched Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. and then I watched Halloween Ends, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh. <laughs> and then I was like, I really liked the middle, the, the, the movie part of Kills, but I really didn't like the ending. Mm-hmm. And then I, and I watched Ends and I'm like, man, I really didn't like the whole film apart <laughs> from the ending. And I went, I know what I'll do. I'll re-edit these films together and put all the best bits and make a new film. And that's what I did. And yes. it's called Halloween Dies. And you have seen this? I have. And I decided that I, there were certain characters that died and I didn't want them to die. Mm-hmm. I thought they got like, that was badly done. And That's so I, Karen. Karen, yeah, straight so up. Yeah, so I made her survive and I didn't make the cop survive. Uh, I didn't have the whole character, like some other characters weren't even in it, but in case you haven't seen it. And, uh, you know, some other characters died and I didn't let them die either because I thought, yeah. And put a different spin on some like feelings of the film and just mm-hmm. some, like, and then... Yeah, and you watched it, and like it was a really good project. It was it was so smooth, like yeah. I, I really enjoyed the previously on Halloween. Yeah, I did a joke <laughs> previously at the start. So apart from the previously on Halloween, my goal, like my rules, I set for myself was I'm not allowed to add any new footage into the film. Yeah, and because I was just editing from like one file, I didn't have the separation of sound, audio, and or music and visuals. So I had to like think up ingenious ways to you know make the film flow, make it feel like it hadn't been cut and. Because because I removed characters, you had to remove a lot of like scenes or uh, dialogue about those characters or and stuff. But you still needed to keep some of the, those conversations in the film, so you had to edit out like yeah. lines of dialogue and make it seem like it wasn't there and stuff like that. It was really fun. Um, took me a couple of days. And I did it. Showed you and that. Um, I can't really show anyone because yeah. like you can't copyright. Up- <laughs> you can't upload it to like YouTube or anything like that. I suppose I do have it on a, I do have a download link to it. So if you feel like you want to watch this, yeah, maybe send us a private message and uh, yeah, and and we definitely won't give you a download link to it. <laughs> but yeah, if yeah. you want to watch Halloween Dies, uh, if you weren't happy with the last two Halloween films, you might be happy with this. I think yeah, like like I say, like it flowed really well. Like we're watching it, and it just at no point was I like, wait, no. No, I was just... There's one little sketchy scene in it, uh, but... Which you is, know. you know... It's pretty fun. good, though, for a whole whole re-edit of film. Of two films, basically. It's quite, it's quite short as well. Yeah, it is a nice short film. I like a nice short film. But that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I, I did, and I even made a poster for it and everything. Did you? <laughs> yeah. You didn't show me the poster? Yeah, well... Oh, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, you would have seen it. Did I? It's on my Plex. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, you're fucking plex, man, because you fancy living in the 21st century. Yeah, what have you been on? I have been just nothing but work. I'm work, work, work at the moment, but I did have Sunday off, and I am in the point now where I'm putting my foot down um, because obviously we've moved into a home, and since we've moved in for almost two months now, I have had people, more people visit me to look at the house than I have in like the last three years. So I'm not getting any downtime. So I've basically, I've cut it off. I'm like, nope, no more. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to be doing is obviously the podcast. Um, no more people. That's it. I love like planning a weekend where the plan is that you've planned to do nothing. Yes. And I did. You buy chips? Nothing. I did. (laughs) I did. I was like, you know what? Because I was meant to watch um, Terrifier on Terrifier 2 on Halloween, um, but we lost power to the house, so couldn't do it. But yeah, I sat down Sunday, Liz was at work and I just ass on couch. I ate a lot of snacks and I watched Terrifier 2. Is that any good? Oh my fucking I haven't seen God. the first one. I'm not sure. Like, it is like nothing but practical effects. It is amazingly done. Like Got a lot of compound fractures. It's just a murderer, isn't it? It's a it's a, kind of a supernatural clown. Um, but the guy that... Sounds like Funny Man. Uh, oh, the precursor. But the guy that plays the clown is an actual mime. So this clown doesn't talk. It's just all very like... A physical sort of comedy, and this gets funny. Like it's ridiculous. It does like, sound like a funny man. I think you'd like it, but also I think it might be a bit too much for you. No, I'm heap stuff. You are heap stuff. But there's this scene, and I lost my shit for a good five minutes. Like there's this scene where he's like, tra- like he's terrorizing this girl. He's just being really sinister, and he's in this shop. And she's just looking at him and he's like standing there and then he just puts on these sunnies and they're like those big floral. Oh, yeah, I, I saw You've it. seen yeah. the pictures. But this goes on like for a long time. And like at the the very last point is him with those, you know, those glasses with the slinky yeah, eyes. Yeah, the goggle eyes. And he's just standing there and he's just like uh, head up and down and they're just like floop, floop, floop. And I lost my shit for fun. <laughs> I lost it. I had to like message Liz and send it to Liz. So... That was the highlight of my <laughs> my week. I don't well, know if that's sad or not. Ah, Terrify. But yeah, check out Terrify too. It's fucking awesome. Excellent. Oh, so good. What are we talking about? All right. So this week we are going to talk about suburban horrors. Um, so basically they are horror movies set in the suburbs. Very simple. Um, the suburbs are a huge part of the American dream. So, you know, after the Great Depression, after the... The war was over. People no longer had to sacrifice, go without, like donate all their scrap, that kind of thing. And people were starting to move from the city, which is like like starting to decay cities, to a more affordable, quiet, safe, uh, with affordable housing. Um, Like you're saying, the American dream. The American dream. Because they fed that to them, you know? Yeah. And of course, not condoning the behavior but obviously there were a lot of racial fears back then so moving away from other people yeah anyway so the suburbs it's quiet it's safe but then around sort of like the 1970s we start to get films that horror films that enter the suburbs that start to take that clean quiet safe idea and just shit on it. 
Yeah. Shit on it hard. Um, so today we are going to talk about some of our favourite suburban-based horrors. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, when you said suburban-based horrors, I was like, what does that mean kind of thing? And I suppose, yeah, it's like the it's the place where, so they were kind of setting horror movies where you were. Well, that's so where the, your, fear, yeah, the fear your, comes. Your, yeah. your greatest fear is, like, what is happening in your own home, in your own neighbourhood? Like, yeah, you do you know your neighbours? Like, yeah, and up until that, like, you can't, you can't like, dislodge it from... Like you and that guy, you, it's bringing the fear to you. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It was kind of like when you when I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, I suppose like there is a whole bunch of that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like you know, we've we've obviously we picked out some of our, like our four favorites, and then we've got a slew of mentions, <laughs> like a lot of mentions to get through because there's just so many that are yeah. really good. Um, Mine are all. Do you want to kick us off? Yep. So my, I'm going to start with my worst one. I chose, I don't even know if this is a, a, a suburban horror. It is. Society from it is. 1989. We've done, we've done, we haven't done a whole episode. We did it as like when, back when we used to do. Yeah. Short episodes. So like, many episodes. But uh, uh, yeah, but so society is like, what is the storyline? It's like basically about a guy. Yeah. He has like kind of, he's like, like kind of in like, not rich, but like, you know, it's a well-to-do neighborhood. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like the upper class. The upper it's cl- like a gated community, if you will. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. And they're kind of posh and stuff like that. They're not like, you know, they're not like the one percenters, but mm. they're, you know, they, they have gardens. They're like upper middle class. Yeah, they like to think that they're yeah. a bit better than they they're are. They're Burnside people. Uh, yeah, they're Burnside people <laughs> if if you live in Adelaide. <laughs> um, so basically, and yeah, he he's kind of, you know, he's in this family. He's got a sister. He's got a mum and dad. And there's like kind of this secret society that they often have that you know those kind of neighborhood rich people you know mm-hmm. the, the stonecutters and the simpsons and, yep. and stuff like that and he starts investigating that kind of thing and then and it's kind of like almost conspiracy ish the whole way through and it's about him yeah. kind of getting away from all this stuff and then his family kind of turns against him and stuff like that and it's all you know all in the burps like yeah. it's all like from house to house to school and stuff like that then in the end, <laughs> in the end of the film, you found you find out that they're like, are they aliens? No, it's it's basically like a, an orgy cult. They're a cult. It's but a cult, but they they, it's not like a satanic they, thing. But they, no, they have they have a ritual called the shunting. Yes, shunting, shunting. where they all have an orgy. And because there's a lot of like alluding to incest in this film, yes, like his sister tries to get with him and his mum or whatever, and then his sister and his mum and dad have like a sex, and you're like, what's going on? And yeah, yeah, you realize in the end it's like they have this thing called the shunting, where it's basically they just go full Cronenberg, yeah, they just all merge into one big mass, a la like Slither, yes, and they but it's like a sexy thing, and you have this like. This end end fucking scene of the the mega shunt, I think they called it, and it's just all these bodies merged together, all like fisting each other's holes and <laughs> out their fucking mouths and shit, and like their faces move, and the the dad the dad's face moves to his ass, and he makes a joke. Look at me, I am a butthead, <laughs> and it's just like nothing. Yeah, there's not. I don't think there's ever ever been anything like society. No, I don't think so. And it's it's essentially just a bunch of like rich people who like the smell of their own farts, so they like to be up each other's asses all the time. Yeah, it's a ma- it's it's like a commentary. Yeah, like on like on uh, 
yeah, that kind of like rich society mm. kind of thing. What's called society. Well, so. when you're in this like community, you but, are in that community. It's yeah. like it is a secret society, basically. Yeah, and that's what brings it into the, the suburban kind of horror part of it. It is about the community. It's about your the people next door are in this thing and to the point where it even takes the point where your mum and dad and your sister are in, and you're the only one not here. It has that invasion of the body snatchers vibe, you know, like, you know, you're the only one that's not yep. fucking been pod peopled yeah, and, and stuff like that. But then it kind of just that jumps. I don't know if it's a jump the shark or it's a fucking golden Willy Wonka ticket of a movie scene, the I, shunting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, But you is... don't have to watch the whole film. Just watch the shunting yeah. part on YouTube maybe. I didn't know if they'd allow that on YouTube. Yeah, you could probably you can find anything on YouTube. No, you can't. Mostly, go to Tumblr. No then n- everything's on Tumblr now. There's no nudity on YouTube, isn't there? Not, not, no, it's not yeah. supposed to be. Anyhow, the the society, 1989. Society. I watched it. We watched it as a. Did we all know what was going to happen? I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, I hadn't it either. It was just one of those films that I hadn't over. seen, and yeah, when we used to, yeah, the movie, movie nights, night. which was so good, and it is definitely a beer and chicken wing group movie kind of oh. thing because like you can't just watch it alone or just with other or as a serious like <laughs> you definitely can't watch it as you like took that someone to the movies to see that like you know your first date and i know you like I, I've, I haven't dated in years like I, d- I haven't dated since tinder's been around but maybe <laughs> there's a a society shunting like subreddit of people who want to watch that with a new date maybe i couldn't imagine you bringing the millennial movie talk guys up to watch it i you couldn't? No. Nah, but I'd like to. I would like to see I would like to be there for that. Yeah. Maybe that, we'll do a crossover episode. That'd be too precious. That would be too precious. What's your next one? All right, so This my... isn't gonna be the longest episode, by the way. No. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. Uh anyway, so my first one is Summer of eighty four, two thousand eighteen, directed by Francois Simard and Anouk Whistel. Um, so basically this film is you know, Every serial killer lives next door to someone. That concept. So these kids um, in an, in their neighborhood, they're on summer vacation. They kind of get this like suspicious. It's kind of like rear windowish, uh, disturbia kind of vibe, where shit's happening. Kids in the neighborhood are going missing, um, and they start to suspect one of their neighbors, and Uh-oh. it's kind of them. You Hello, know, neighbor. Four groups of kids. They decide that they're gonna go and you know, suss it out, investigate it, find out that he's a serial killer and call him out in front of everyone. But of course, then you realize that when this happens, you have to then go toe to toe with a serial killer. Oh shit. Um, I haven't seen this film in a little while, so I won't talk too much about it because I don't a hundred percent remember it. Um, <laughs> I know, I know we kind of scoff at that, but it's still to me, just it's there in the forefront of my mind as like that was a really strong film. It's got a really good soundtrack to it. Um, you know, we we get a lot of and it's got like a lot of really good actors that are sort of playing roles you wouldn't necessarily see them in. So yeah, like like I said, I like the names of the characters: Tommy, Davy, Bobby, yeah. and Curtis and Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dale and Nikki. Every goddamn time. Tommy, um, Davey, Bobby, Nikki, <laughs> Curtis and Dale. <laughs> Curtis and Dale. Um, one of the characters, um, I can't remember who the actor is, but he you see him in a lot of um, like Silicon Valley and that kind of, those kinds of shows. Like he's popped up in the office a few times. 
he is more of a comedian than a serious actor, but he has this serious role and he just plays it so well. Um, so yeah, I mean, you laugh that I can't remember it, but it's definitely a strong film that's sort of stuck in the forefront of my mind. I mean, I love Silicon Valley. Such a good show. Yeah. Uh, my next one is... So I was, I was tossing up between this one and another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was tossing up between It. Yep. Um, as in It, as in Stephen King's It, whether you want to go the remake or the other one. Um, but I chose this one, which is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I feel like... I know It's like, you know, hometown, growing up hometown, very suburban and stuff like that. But like... Nightmare on Elm Street is that, but it also does the thing where all the horror basically takes part in your dreams. Mm. And I like the idea of like, you know, you've got these kids, suburban kids, they're, you know, they're sleeping in their own beds and stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, the idea of uh, suburban horror makes it horrible is that like, you know, it's, it's attacking you on your home ground like yeah. when you're watching it. And like what's more home ground than your, your dreams, your yeah. own dreams, like as in like, oh, man. We mean all I have to do is go to sleep to get like, attacked. And then you've got that kind of thing, which I've always said, you know, I don't believe in anything. But, like, if you dream about Freddy Krueger, yep. that's pretty much re- real Freddy Krueger. Yes. Like, because yeah. he only he exists in your dreams. He may not be killing you or if he, uh, kill you in a row. But, like, as far as the films go, if you dream about Freddy Krueger, that's as real as Freddy Krueger is in those dreams. Yeah. Like... Yep. Which is crazy, to, like we're <laughs> boggling to think about, like, and that's what I think was what made Nightmare on Elm Street so unique and mm. so powerful as an idea, and and then it juxtaposed to the the suburban, like you know, you go to sleep in your own bed, yeah. you wake up dead. But not just that; it's like you've, and you've children got these parents in a suburb who have come together, riled together, riled and, together because the cops didn't do anything. They've riled as together a community. as a community to murder someone and hide the body. I mean, okay, the police were like... In a junkyard? It wasn't very hidden, eh? <laughs> was it in a junkyard? Oh, that was number four. What was it originally? Was it just in the boiler? Did yeah, they they, I him? think they killed him in his own boiler room, but they like hid his knives and shit in one of the houses. But didn't they, uh, they hid his bones in the boiler? Yeah, I can't I remember. Know who, who knows yeah. back then? But yeah. I remember at number four, it was definitely, it was just in a, a boot of a car in the junkyard. Yeah. And remember he comes back through the dogs doing a piss on the ground, <laughs> fire piss. I'm like, what? That's how they always come back. Nothing will ever beat shitness of number five though. The dream child. <laughs> oh, fuck no. Oh, God, no. Um, yeah, no, like I like, I like that is, that is definitely one of the main ones because a lot of it is still shot, you know, uh, it is a great it example. It basically is like, they're shot between... Every scene in Nightmare on Elm Street usually is either at the school or at their houses yeah. in, in in suburbia. Like, so it doesn't ever Or on leave. the street when they're walking to one yeah. else's house. So it's very... And even their, the majority of their nightmares, kind of, it happens within their neighbourhood, their home, everything like that. It doesn't ever really leave there. But I think... It, yeah, it isn't it, until they, you know, get into the sequels that they start going to... Fucking Las Vegas or whatever, yeah. <laughs> That's so. why I chose the first film. That yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, so my next one is stock standard. Oh, well, they had that thing, right? It, it's very. Well, the name in it is Elm Street. It's yep. tied to the street as yes. well, right? Because I remember in Freddy in that like when one of them was like, "Every town has an Elm Street," and then the sign comes up out the ground. It's just like, oh, so fucking cool, and, was, <laughs> and it's all bent, like. Yep. 
Um, and that has a whole like plot lines of him getting out of Elm Street. You remember like Springfield or whatever. Was it Springfield? He's from? I know it's Simpsons, but I think Springwood. Yeah, Spring yeah, Springwood. Springwood. And um Yeah, and they make a big deal of it like breaking itself out of being a suburban horror that he 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 is trapped in the suburbs. Yeah. In one street. <laughs> You know, there is a, up up where I live, there is a Springwood estate and I was looking at houses in there and I'm like, come on, have an Elm Street. I will buy a fucking house in Elm Street. I do and, not care. And it's just Freddie's Nancy's house. Yeah. Oh, that would be even better. Um, all right. So my next one is easy. It's classic. It's Halloween 1978. Um, need the I say OG Halloween. The OG Halloween. It's so just you- Michael Myers walking around in the day in the burbs, hiding behind bushes and yeah. shit. And what I love about that is he's walking around in the daytime. Like, he is literally, I mean, it's perfect, you know, because he it is like Halloween. Walk he's anywhere. In a mask. He has to walk everywhere. Yeah. Or drive. He's got a car. He's driving around. But yeah, the majority, the whole of this film is set within a couple of streets. You know, you, you go from Laurie's house to um, Annie's house, and the next house is right across the road from there. So it is literally set within this small. In a cul de sac. Oh, I love a cul de sac. Um,. So, yeah, we don't ever move from there. Like, we go to the school briefly, but that's still with... That's probably a fucking street away from their house anyway. Yeah, it shows them walking to school with a pumpkin, like, in the background, yeah. And it's definitely... It's... it's bring it's, it, Yeah, it, it's supreme suburban horror. Yeah. You know? And because it's a stalking slash, it's like... a man that's come back to the neighbourhood... Yes. ...where he originally killed and grew up in. Yeah. And, then you know, you've got... Yeah, it, yeah it, he actually grew up in the neighbourhood. That's a bit... Different from like Freddie. Freddie, like, you don't know if he grew up in Springwood. Yeah, he lived just, there. He, he could have moved there. But like he, like Michael grew up in the town. He creates, he does the murders in. And you know, he's probably come back. Like, I mean, you know, we, we talk as the franchise moves on, there's motives and theories and blah, blah, blah. But he comes back to Haddonfield. He comes back to that neighborhood because that is his home. That yeah. is, that is his. Coming back to his suburb. That is his safe place. So, you know, for Laurie, for Michael, it is it's their safe haven. The suburbs. The suburbs. Suburbs. Yeah, man, there's so many of these films you could talk about. There are. We've got a fucking list. What's your next one? My next one is the nineteen ninety one film which I fucking love, The People Under the Stairs. Why have we not done this as an episode? I don't know. Okay. I've shown it to you before though. Yeah, we yeah. Had a movie we've, night. we've watched it. Um, Wes Craven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, one of, it's w- real weird. Not many people mention this film. It's so good, hey? Yes, it's it like is. It's like the horror Home Alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. Like At the end, especially. So the, the story, the premise of this, I can't remember where... It, where can you, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up You find right out now. where it's set? Because it's quite important, as in for suburban horrorness. So, yeah, so basically this kid breaks into a kind of creepy, dilapidated Oh, you have to say what, what the place, what, what, do we know where it is? Like what, what suburb or what, what town it's in in America? No, I don't have a town or a suburb. I've just it's got... in a low socioeconomic area in America, which is mainly a black community. Yep. Um, you got your main character, right, so all your, all your, uh, all your characters are black people. Yep. And um, except the people who are... Like the property people who kind of own all the houses in the area are these two white, rich uh, brother and sister. Yeah. And they live in this big fucking house 
and they're just cunts. Yeah. <laughs> and basically it follows the main kid. So it's a kid. It's got a kid as the main protagonist. You'll have a good young kid in a film. And he gets like, he gets uh, convinced by some older dudes, some kind of badder dudes, like they're going to break into this house. Yeah. Because uh, they've got lots of money. Apparently there's gold in there somewhere mm-hmm. or what the fuck. And, um, and so he, and they need him to get in there because he's like, he has to play a role as like a boy scout or something, selling cookies and he's small and he can get in holes. Yeah. Anyhow, long story short, they basically, they break in and the, the, the people who, these brother and sister are just psychopaths. Mm-hmm. They're religious psychopaths who kidnap children and, um, make them, like, but they have to be the perfect child and they have to be clean and that, you know what I mean? And brainwash, and they brainwash themselves as, as in their, it's their kid. Yep. And then if they, if they fuck up in any way, like they, they're not allowed out the house. The yep. house is totally trigged out with security, like locks on the inside of the door of the house. So they're, they're locked in. No, the locks are on the outside of the house. And that's when they were going to break in. It's like, who puts the locks on the outside of the house? Yeah. Bit weird. And if they, they fuck up, they get put, they, 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 they ditch them out and they put them under the stairs, these people. And, um, there's a whole bunch of kids that have just lived their whole lives under there as the people under the stairs. They're not educated. They're fucked up. It's fucking rough, but it's also just super entertaining, this film. Yeah. So they break in and then it's basically, they get locked, like the, 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 what are they? The, uh, the brother and sister, the white brother and sister realize that someone's broken into the house and they're fucking someone's in the house and he goes lock it down and they lock their house down and yeah. it's got like it locks the whole house down so like all the all the windows like get barred down there's no you can't get out and then the dad dresses in a gimp suit and he goes around the house hunting them yeah and uh but there's also the kids that they've been keeping under the stairs or in the un, uh, in the in the cellar have been getting out every now and then. So they're in the wall cavity. And this house is fucking huge because yeah. they're rich. And it's all weird and trigged out. And so there's kids running around in the walls that he's hunting. And the, the robbers in, in the thing. And the kid's like trying to get out. My God, it's such a good film. And, can like, and the kid actually eventually gets out. And then he just and he realizes that the, he finds gold in there. And they've been hoarding all the community's money. Yeah. And like, so that's why everyone's poor that this one couple is just a fucking horrible people and uh he, they decide to go back and he's like i'm gonna go back and get the girl out who's in there because there's a girl captured in there and, yeah and it just turns into this fucking like the hunter becomes the hunted and like this kid just starts fucking fucking with these cat these two this couple like home alone style like, yeah dropping bricks on their heads from heat high man they get so hurt it's so good <laughs> It, and but like it's about like then yeah the reason I chose the suburban horror because it's all about the community and that and like, of course the community comes back into it at the end and my god it's such a it's one of those films where you are just like oh fuck man he creates where's Craven created a really fucked up couple and they're not fucked up because they're just well, they are pure evil hmm. and they also eat people as well they're cannibals as well and they sleep with each other so they're ancestral cannibals that kidnap people. And hunt them in their house for fun in yep. gimp suits. Oh my god, it's so and like the remember their lines, it's always like the the the, the mum and dad, their their catchphrase is may they burn in hell. Like <laughs> fuck, watch this film. I, I may have spoiled heaps of it. 
Yeah, like, no, not all of it though. So much to, there is still so much to unpack. It has a very similar well. But, yeah, because I don't want to spoil it because it has the community stuff at the end and like yeah. what makes it a real suburban. And it's a suburban horror. And it's about it's about one house within a neighborhood and then, then yeah. Oh yeah. fuck, it's so good. It's it is so good. It does remind me uh, of uh, Don't Breathe if you've seen that, which is really good. Um, it's more recent, so that would be more into interest into that. Um, but yeah, so like this group go to this uh, old man's house because he's got like he's. They break into his house. I can't remember why, but he's oh, blind. Oh, that's the boy. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of realize that he, he can hear. Real he well. can fucking hear real well. And he's this blind guy starts hunting you because it's his home. He's lived there. He's blind. He knows every inch of this house. But then they also find out that there is a girl trapped downstairs. Oh, so he's like a cunt as well. And so they decide that they're gonna come back in and they're gonna rescue this girl and just fuck him up. Um, so it's exactly the same story. Yeah, it's pretty so they much get, the they exact get trapped same story. first, get out, and then decide to come back. That is nearly a remake of it. Yeah, except for this guy's blind, not wearing a gimp suit, and fucking his sister. And a cannibal. And a cannibal. Yeah, no, you have to watch people understand. It's such a good. Like, yeah, there's so many great moments where you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like when he like when he starts taking the fucking like it's all about the power back from the like, the white people. Yeah. Like the fucking rich white cunts who think they can do anything to these people and it doesn't matter. Oh man. Man, I want to And the two actors actors they got for the white like the the property people are so good. Yeah. Like they're just like, "Oh yeah, yuck." Yeah. So it's Everett uh Everett McGill um who is also he's in June June. He's in Twin Peaks. Um He's like suitably creepy, and then she, Wendy. Do you know that it's called man and woman? Yeah, like they don't have names. No, uh, Wendy Robbie is the mum, and she's also in like Twin Peaks and Vampire in Brooklyn. Apparently, I it's know. got the guy who plays Roach. He's one of the kids yeah. trapped in the thing, and he's he's, con- he, he's in heaps of shit, eh? Yeah, he and is. I always go, oh, it's Roach. Yeah. whenever I see him in anything, like That's, yeah, same thing. I do the exact same thing. He's like, he looks real old and creepy now. He's got Vin Rames in it as well. Right? Yeah, I know. Creepy. He plays one of the breaker in oh, The man. kid who's now, who's like Brandon Adams, like who plays the main kid, is just a fucking adult now. Like he looks like a... Oh, d- I don't... Because he was in, he's in the Sandlot and he was in the Mighty Ducks. Like that's where you would know him from. Yeah. And now he's just... And now old. he's an adult and I don't like that. No, I'm, ta- I'm getting rid of that picture. I don't like that. You don't like him no, there? Don't like that. No, he's in Mighty Ducks. He was, he was in Moonwalker as well. Uh, yep. I watch that every Christmas. And the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, Fresh Prince. I wonder if he got slapped. <laughs> by Will. <laughs> Anyhow, um, <laughs> what's your next film? <laughs> All right. My next one, it, you know it was coming. It's Scream. Yeah. Straight up. 96, Wes Craven again. Um, Wes Craven, Craven, the king of suburban horror. Yep, calling it. Craven, King of Suburbs. Nightmare on Elm Street. We, yeah, he's got three yeah, of our films. he's like on our list. Fuck yeah. We know Scream, you know, Ghostface, he starts attacking the teens in this small in their town. Houses. In their houses. In the suburbs. And it's a, it's a close gr- group it's of friends. It's a whodunit. Whodunit. I love a they have a whodunit. They have a house party when all this shit's going down. She gets her head stuck in a roller door. Oh, yeah. We haven't done Scream as an episode yet. I'm holding out because I want. Oh, really? No, I want to pair it with a a deep dive episode. So I want to do. You you're gonna do one. Oh, I'm gonna do one, but I need some pre- preparation. 
I need to oh, like. Man, I had like three weeks preparation for mine. Yeah. I still didn't get everything out that I wanted. Oh man, you did a great episode though. People loved it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, right. <laughs> Don't cry again. It's fine. Um, so yes, yeah, it's basically like this, this group of teens who are trying to figure out who the killer is. Killer is obviously like targeting one girl, Sydney Prescott, who we love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. I love Scream so much. Oh, yeah, I had an obsession with Neve Campbell when I was younger. Oh, so much it was uh, it was unhealthy i got decoupaged a wall <laughs> she, she became after she was the, my, my my main crush after uh abby tucker from, oh yeah from from heartbreak high <laughs> yeah yeah no i had I'd like never a, watched heartbreak high but i was like her <laughs> i had a, a neve campbell collage as well don't you worry she's and then her and wild things i was like mm-hmm. i had a drew barrymore obsession as well for a little while yeah yeah et nah <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, nah. Uh, yeah, Scream. Yeah, well, uh, well, I can't remember what you're saying, but I want to, yeah, I think what makes Scream kind of urban is the um, the fact that these teens are getting uh, stalked by this guy who's obsessed with films, but it's kind of, and it goes through the rules of horror films, which pulls it outside the realm of it being a horror film that it's kind of like the film's looking in at horror films. That yeah. like It's a bunch of kids who sit around and watch horror films like we have. Yeah. Like, you mm. know what I mean? Like, and then they start getting murdered by someone else who's obsessed with horror films where that could happen to you. Yeah. So that, that a lot of these a lot of these suburban horror films, I take, take an aspect of something that's very close to normacy and yeah. horrify it. And that's what's making it like, which is a fucking... It's a good premise to make a film. Oh, it's always great. Because, you know, you, you used to be able to leave your doors unlocked and you can't do that now and you don't trust your neighbour and, you, yeah. you know, you're suspicious of everyone. Like, And it's the same what we were saying when COVID came in, like there was the new the new horror, like mm. the new scare, like what's different now? Like what's, you know, like there'll be a whole bunch of different kind of claustrophobic, like, you know, that kind of horror. I'm not sure that happened. We had that theory, do you remember? Like, yeah. yeah I can't remember what, like, but... But yeah, anyhow, I'm losing myself. Go. No, that's fine. I'm talking about Scream. Yeah, I'm always talking about Scream. But yeah, standard Scream. Suburbs. Murders. Yeah, and it's like the cop, the local cop, the local... So all, all, everyone in Scream is the, the, the local, yeah. the local reporter, the local deputy sheriff. Deputy sheriff. The local you know, We're filmmaker. taking care of our own business. We've got, our, oh, we got the local killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the local killer. Yeah, the Every lo- Sunday you know, at the they, farmer's market. They work at a blockbuster. They go and hire films on the weekend, like Friday night, just like I do. Therefore, I could get killed because this is someone who's, this isn't a horror film. This is a film about people who watch horror films, which is me. Yes. You yep. know, that's what they did. They I, they brought it back to being like closer to the, the watcher using the suburban thing, but then also putting that extra layer on it, like Nightmare on Elm Street did with the dreams. They put their layer on it that it was a, a film set in the suburbs about someone killing someone because they watch horror films. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, but we're going to unpack it in the new year, I swear to God. Drew Barrymore knew way too much about horror films. I thought at the start of that film, she didn't seem like the kind of person that would actually... She didn't. She didn't seem like she'd be spending Friday night actress, going through Blockbuster. An actress re- like reading line she was. Remember when she was just on all the covers on the, yeah, the poster's the... main thing and she dies in like five minutes? Yeah, which is great. She's the key marking. She's, it's just like Pinhead. In it for like, what less than ten minutes, and he's the key marketing point. Yeah, people know what they're doing. All right, 
What's your last one? My last one is the fucking king of suburban uh, horrors, Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. OJ, I've talked about this at length. We've done a whole episode on it. Just the opening of this film. The opening is, if you remember, like a dude riding his bike down the road. He's an older man, clearly too old for this bike. So and it's up- Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. It is. Yeah. And he's got a carton of beer under his arm, and you can tell that, like, you're getting the idea. And, you know, it's in this neighborhood. We've got the kids riding the bikes. we got, you know, the fucking the picket fences. we got you know, the perfect fucking ideal, ideology of a neighborhood, the American dream. we got the kids who come out with their little remote control cars and fuck with him, so he falls over, and they're, like, laughing at him, <laughs> drops some beers, they're slurting everywhere. He runs inside, he realizes they're watching the game. He yeah. was, and he must have drew the short straw that he had to run out, get the kid's bike, whoever's house they're watching the game in, and ride down to the shop, grab some fucking brews, ride back, and like in time, you know, at half time, and you got that whole community. And that's where it opens. You get this fuck. They set, this movie sets up the community, yeah. the fucking, the it's suburb. It's a brand new estate. It's a, it's a new way of living. It's, you yeah, know. Yeah, everyone's happy. But then you've also got like, uh, so you have the parents of the thing, you know, the shit's happening in the house, the poltergeist and stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. But then you get the scenes of like, you know, like the, the member of the mum and dad smoking the weed after the kids go to bed. So you realize that these, these dudes, they're old, they're parents now, yeah. but they used to be young yeah. and you can tell they've grown up around these areas and stuff like that. It's just fucking a wicked, wicked suburban horror. Like yeah. just the idea of. Everything about it is about family. It's about the street. Like it's very much about the neighborhood at the start, and then it ends up being actually about the neighborhood, and yeah. then like why this shit's happening is because of that neighborhood, the estate, which you got the American dream. You know, you know, you fucking talk about grabbing the American dream and twisting its fucking neck. Like this is like you know, you created the most perfect idealistic place to live. Everyone wants to do it. It's great. It's nice. It's affordable. You can all have it. It's your dream. And then they fucking say, but it's on an Indian fuck. No, it's on a burial ground and we didn't move the graves. Yeah. Because it's like, and that could happen to fucking you. Because yeah. the American dream comes at a cost. Built on the lives of everyone before it. Like, yeah. oh my God. Oh, that's so good. Like, fuck yeah. No wonder those ghosts were pissed. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. Building a fucking pool on my head, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just found I've always thought, thought that Poltergeist. When as soon as you said suburban horror, that's the first thing that's happened in my head yeah. was the man riding in his little treadley home. And you know, you got the scene with like you know where they're watching the game, and then the the channel changes because their neighbours got the same TV with the same remote. <laughs> yeah, and you get that little back and forth, and it's just like, yeah, th- this is st- uh, Steven Spielberg, isn't it? Uh, one of those ones that he did, but he didn't. Tobe? Yeah, Tobe Hooper. Tobe, but, Ste- but Steven Spielberg. Has yeah. admitted that he basically made the whole Yeah, thing. he shoved his dick in it. He fucking and swirled it around. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and you can, you get that. Like, there's one thing the old Steven Spielberg was good at was creating like the suburban, yes. like like the community, the hot, like, you know, the thing around the whole, the community kind of thing. He kind of lost it. He tried to bring it back with Super 8, do you remember? And I was just like, yeah, you I know, did. I did see Super 8, yeah. Yeah, it was just yeah. a big CG mess monster. It yeah. was so disappointing. Like, it had those kind of good aspects, those goonies aspects of the kids and that, but, like, it just felt like he was trying to do that, where these come off as just like, because uh, at the time it wouldn't have seemed weird, 
But now you're watching it later on as kind of a period piece. You see it's like a representation of that time period. Like watching the fucking Flight of the Navigator. Oh, that's I fucking the, love Flight of the Navigator. That's the ultimate time capsule of that time yes. of like the American uh, suburban. And the bits where like he goes to like the base and they filled his house, the, his room full of toys. And there's like the best toys in their boxes in that scene. There's like Optimus Prime in his box. There's all these Star Wars figures. Everything in that scene is worth money now. Oh, fuck yeah. And like. I remember even as a kid watching that scene and being like, oh, my God, I would love to. Like, uh, I was obsessed with toys when I was younger. I fucking loved toys. Yeah. Like, I used to, like, love going to country towns in Australia because country towns were, like, time capsules back in the 90s and, like, the late 80s. Yeah. So, like, I would have certain toys and I'd know all the toys. So I'd go to the toy shop every fucking week and stuff like that. But then as you go to the, the country towns, their stock hasn't moved a lot of the time and it's old stock because shit didn't fucking move very well. Like I would go to like my cousins in Sejuna and they would be what their all their TV was one week later than ours. Yeah. So neighbours, I knew what had happened on neighbours <laughs> and they were so into it and I used to ruin it from them. They used to get so angry. Yeah, oh, come on. But I would go, they wouldn't have any music. So like, I introduced like my cousin to like Nirvana yeah. and stuff. I'd go over there. I had a denim jacket. Like, you know, I had fucking jeans. I had spiky fucking uh, moose hair. So you were the cool kid. No, I was like, yeah, the problem kid that came in from the city and <laughs> bought all the weird influential shit. Yeah. But their their toy, their toy place would always have like, I knew it would have toys that I couldn't get anymore. Old things that had been banned. Remember the, the banning of the toys? Remember the violent streak of toys they had yeah. in the 80s? Like the, the skateboarding ones that had all the like penny, pe- penny plank glass and a girl with all glass shards in her. They were so violent. There was yeah. like Tommy tailpipe and he had a tailpipe of a car through his head. These were these skateboarding toys. I've got one. Yeah. And like, I would love to have them all. And like the Garbage Pail Kids came out and mm-hmm. like all that kind of shit. And then there was a massive backlash. There were so many violent toys. Real weird ones as well. There were yeah. some real strange toys, eh? Like, and ones that like played on the Garbage Pail Kids and they were just a bit too gross and violent. And yeah. Like, Fuck, man, I'd love to get all those toys like toys. now. Old toys. Oh. And that's why there's like the Toy Power podcast and all yeah. that stuff. They fucking love that shit. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. as Treaders says, you can't yeah, yeah, you can't live your whole life in the past or you miss the future. The fucking Treaders. Hello, I know. Fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I showed Treaders the other day, like my, because I've been collecting my old uh, VHS anime OVAs yep. again. Like, you know, and I showed him it and he just looked at it and I thought he'd be really stoked because he's the same age man. He's go, and he just said that line. He goes, dude. If you obsess about the past too much, you're gonna miss. You're not gonna enjoy the future. And I was like, "Fuck off, man! You're not that smart. How did you say that?" Shut up. And Chris. I haven't bought anything since. Oh come on. <laughs> nah, I'm out. Okay. I've just been buying new things, trying to get new experiences, and not live in the past, motherfucker. Okay. Okay. Well, Sorry, some, some experiences are in the past that you haven't found yet. No. No? Okay. I've, the past is the past. You can't change that. Always forward. Lots of people like... Not you know, sideways. Lots of people like to experience like the, 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 the nostalgia that they're trying to experience isn't their nostalgia. Yeah, that's weird. They're collecting shit that like they weren't even into back then. Like it's real weird. Like, Why would you do that? I don't know. Oh, no, no. I understand it to a certain point. Like the idea of finding the roots of something. I mean, mm. people do it with music all the time. Young kids, they always want to like... Uh, 
everyone when they're younger and teens wants to feel like they have roots in the things they're into that they've been into it longer than everyone else. Yeah. Like, you know, the faux roots, like as in, you know, like me, I used to fuck, I was like, when I was getting into punk, I had a Dead Kennedys t-shirt before I'd listened to them. Oh, classic, like, like classic ho- Holiday shirt. in Cambodia one, the one with that fucking horrible image of the dude, uh, uh, there's a, a real photo from Cambodia of a guy yeah. getting hung and a dude's hitting him over the head with a fucking chair, like a folding chair, like a wrestler. I mean, was he a wrestler? But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had that T-shirt before I got the album. And eventually, I mean, I fucking love Dead Kennedys now, but like, yeah. I, that's one of my shames and I'll, I'll, I'll say it out loud. And there's so many kids that do that. There's but so many also people- there's like, there's such a thing, like I like shirts and shit, like I collect shirts, but there are sometimes I'll see it. I like the design. I'm like, I need this shirt, but I also want to learn about like, what is this? Well, how do I not know about this? And I'm going to look it up and I'm going to get interested. Yeah. I had a dwarf, you know, the band, the dwarves, I had yeah. a dwarves t-shirt that said, I, had, I didn't even listen to them, but I bought the t-shirt because it said like on the back, it had a big block letters like teach your children to worship Satan. <laughs> and on the front on like the pat, the badge was a skull and cross dicks. <laughs> And I'm like, it's fucking perfect. Yeah, and then, that's a you shirt. And I wore that for years until I thought, let's listen to them. And yeah. they're fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah, they're great, you man. You know, sometimes it's just, it's finding little things and then you can sort of, you get into it from there. Like that's, But know. don't get me wrong. I love nostalgia, but I also see it's problems as in like people oh, yeah. living. But like, you're never going to get that feeling and you probably, it's probably like, it's not even a feeling that you can remember having. It's something that you're trying to recreate. You're never going to recreate that. And no. even what I'm well, thinking they're, they're this, all, it is, it's going to be something They're all rose-coloured glasses memories anyway because yeah. you only remember the, the point moment of that one millisecond that you're happy and then you stretch that time period out as the whole time of it, that's what it was like. But yeah, I always try and think about, and I've said this to my wife, you have to think about that the best, you know, that time that you want to go back to, that you wish you could like go back to is now. Yeah. And that you're having that, I'm having that time right now. Us recording this podcast, in 20 years, we're going to look back and go, remember how fucking good it was when we were recording that podcast? And we have such rose-colored glasses that we were like, you know, we're sitting here, we're the best dudes in the world. But yeah, like you try and remember every month. I've been trying to do it recently to remember a good thing that's happening, like enjoying a cool video game or seeing a film for the first time that you realize, I'm going to watch this film for the rest of my life. It's one of those nostalgia moments. And if you, re- if you can remember that, as it's happening, mm. fuck man, it's so good. Like, yeah, like, fuck, this is one of those moments. This is fucking it. I'm it's like a, it. it's like a photo moment in your memory. Yeah, I mean, it, theoretically impossible, but <laughs> <laughs> but I try and do it all the time, and I have done it. But yeah, anyway, what's your next one? <laughs> Twenty minutes later. That's fine. I, so love- I was talking about poltergeist, wasn't I? <laughs> nah, it's fine. I love our tangents. Our listeners love our tangents. Um, so my final one is Serial Mum. I thought I'd go a little bit different this uh, this one. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's 1994. It is John Waters. I love John Waters. Um, I've always I remember the cover, and yeah. I never got it. Like because I was just like, this does. I based a lot of stuff on the covers when I was a kid, and yeah. you know it's pink. It's got or it's got you know it's got the mum and the candy writing, and like and it and to me it looked like one of those films, like those disappointing films, like. House two or House three when it's all not it's all fine yeah House whatever whatever the House movie was it was rated PG or like Hotel Transylvania three thousand or whatever it was and it all ends up being fine it's not rock there's no horror it's all like yeah 
And that's what I thought this would be like. No, this is great. So this is this is very much like it's John Waters through and through. So this is filmed as this. It it is very like uh, saturated colors. It's bright. It's this family. They're the, they're a happy family. They're just there is nothing wrong in their lives. The mother, played by Kathleen Turner, who does an amazing role. Um, you know she she loves her family. She doting 1950s style housewife. Um, her son, played by Matthew Lillard, is obsessed with horror films and really into gore and isn't horror that, and isn't all that. Isn't that weird? Shit. Matthew Lillard from Scream, from who turns Scream. out to be one of the killers in Scream. Sorry if that's a spoiler. <laughs> um, yeah, is is yeah obsessed he's, with horror he's films. Obsessed with horror films. And so he, he was ringing. In- maybe he was. That's the. This is the origin of Ghostface. Maybe. Maybe that's him. Where it all young. started. Is that is he younger in this it's one? It's only like two years one, difference, yeah, two years but that's fine. <laughs> But anyway, so like their their small suburban neighborhood, like sh- the fucking the grass is always mowed. It's perfect white picket fence, pruning roses. Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. But then when everyone goes off to school or goes off to work, she sits down and she starts calling up the next door neighbor and starts making like obscene phone calls. She's oh, really? like Oh, you're a fucking cunt. I'll fucking, fucking, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And she's like, uh, fucking, what's his name's dad in, in South Park? Who's like, oh. the, the troll? Like, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so she starts doing all this stuff and then it, it escalates into like killing people. <laughs> so, any kind of like anything that anyone says wrong about her family or anything like, Marked. you you don't wear white after Labor Day. That, nope, you're dead. That kind of thing. And it, it sort of goes through this whole sort of like, and then the family start to kind of like suspect, like, is there something wrong with mum? But it is still like the whole way through the film, it's still very like she's still always, you know, appropriately dressed. And it's still always like, you you know, you dote on your husband, you look after your children and that kind of thing. And it, it's just absolutely like John Waters taking like the idea. John Waters of- is in it as Ted Bundy. <laughs> Yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Um, but yeah, so like it's, it's just this entire sort of like, oh yeah, the, the neighbor next door is actually the one, you know, it's the person you least suspect in your neighborhood. Like, yeah, the, you know, the don't, don't trust the, you don't have to like. The perfect suburban housewife. Yeah, sometimes shit's, shit ain't right. So I recommend you check this one out at some point. Like you might not like it, but you might love it. It's it's absolutely it's pure John Waters. Ricky Lake's in it. Yeah, can't well, go. Can't go past Ricky Lake. Well, she was in his version. Well, she was in the original Hairspray, um, that John John Waters did, not the the new musical. So, yeah, it's fucking serial, man. I'm gonna have to watch that again soon. Damn, I love it. Mm. So we got some new. I want. I was thinking about this one. I was gonna add this one to my list, but I didn't know if it was a horror film. Edward Scissorhands. Is that a horror film? I it's hard it suburbia. It is hard suburbia. Like, it's all about, like... I don't remember the bit where he, like... His dad gives him his fucking hands and he just cuts them all <laughs> up and it's just so graphic. Like, he just... <laughs> like, oh, it's got its moments. Vincent Price is in it. Like... I haven't seen that since it was new. I, I haven't can't seen even, it is that a mu- Is it a musical? No. No, it's not a musical. It's a... What's his name? Johnny Depp. No, no. Yeah. Tim Burton. Tim Burton film, which I yeah. don't really like Tim Burton films. Yeah. But... Do I like that one? That's the main question. I can't remember it. I think I only saw it once when I was like younger. Like, but 
I that's why I didn't put it on my list because I was like, mm, I can't remember it at all. But I remember it being very suburban. Yeah, like it was no, all... it really is because like he lives in this like mansion, I... this gothic mansion on the top of the hill, overlooking this suburban area, is... and the mums come comes up to try and like everyone sell, goes to work at the Avon. same time, yeah. and yeah, yeah, Avon, Avon calling, and she finds him. She finds that her, his dad created whatever has passed on and he's all alone. Still just so got she, scissors in hand. She takes him back and in, the hairdresser. And basically just takes a goth kid and puts puts it in the middle of 1950s suburbia. Yeah, and he cuts edges. And hair. And hair. And hair. And what else do you do in your scissor hands? What are the other ones? All so right. these are honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. I mentioned, I mentioned it before. Cause, yep. I mean, it should have been on the list somewhere. Yeah. But... Well, you have to you have to cut it off somewhere. We clearly don't have enough time because we have to go on I our should, tangents. I mean, society shouldn't have been on my list <laughs> and it should have been on it. I'll admit that, but I just don't give a shit. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the Babysitter. This one came out like a couple of years ago. It's on Netflix. Like I 100% recommend checking out The Babysitter. Uh, it turn, the Babysitter, uh, Samara Weaving is in it. We love Samara Weaving. Um, Paranormal Activity. Definitely. Fright Fuck Night. It. Paranormal, yeah, Friday Night's one of those great ones. Uh, Monster Squad. Yep. Like, so I mean, the, that's more of like that kid one, but it's all very suburban kind of thing. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't put Ginger Snaps in your list. You fucking love Ginger Snaps. I do love Ginger Snaps, and it is very, very heavily suburban based, but I just, I don't know. I'm I'm not on the ball this week. I apologize. Um, the just, Burbs. The Burbs. Um, I honestly haven't seen The Burbs. The Tom Hanks film? Yeah. Like I, 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 I can't remember it either, but I, I like I know I, I have that seen it's, it. I think it's one of those ones like that one I'm saying that where it's not what it seems. Yeah. Or some shit. I can't remember. It doesn't I matter. Don't know. Um, Disturbia, actually a very digestible sort of thriller film. Yeah. Um, The Stepfather, another really good one that I very much enjoyed. Don't watch the remake; it's awful. Um, the OG Stepfather. The OG Stepfather. Um, Insidious. Yeah, Insidious. The Purge. Oh, That's yeah. more like your upper class gated community. More kind of society. Yeah. Like that they can go hand in hand and shunt the fuck out of each other. Yep. Uh, get out. Get out. Get out. Craziness. Um, and then also Black Phone. Like, I don't know if you've watched that yet. No. But Black Phone, it is. Yeah. New. Uh, that's new. It's really good. Um, I mean, there's heaps more. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it is a pretty broad thing it's basically a setting but like but it's not just the setting mm. like we were saying before it's almost it's how they use the setting and then put an aspect into that setting to make it more yeah like terrifying and we, we went through that with like you know i think we made that quite clear i think we did all right so for signing off we just take a moment to thank our listeners for interacting with us you know all, all the way through us and stuff like that so people like you know on our socials like instagram and Facebook, they're the only two we got. Robert Thomas. Um, we have Twitter. What? We have a Twitter. Do we? We do. Nah, bullshit. No, nah, we got a Twitter. Oh, I oh, know. All right. Um, Robert Thomas, uh, Karen Knight, Adam Gillespie, Neithernoose, Dion Cracknell, David Kudrev, Emma Duran, uh, Patrick Roberts, Adam Kister. They're, some, they're, they're the main suspects that usually interact with us over on our, what are they called? Our Socials. Thing. Ian from Gamma Rays. Yep. Sammy Cripps. Oh, Cripsy. 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 You guys, you know who you are because yeah. we just said your names. 
And uh, yeah, thanks for always supporting us and stuff like that. Support us more. The podcast is growing. Have Uh, a think about how you could do more for us. We got asked the other day, someone with bloody... One of the listeners was begging for a Patreon. And we're like, we're not doing extra episodes. I will take your money, but we don't have time. Yeah, no, I don't have have time for that. This this whole project was created because both of us wanted something to do that wouldn't take up all our time. Exactly. That's why it's unscripted. Oh, it's very unscripted. Like, this whole script that we've got here just has eight movie names. (laughs) That's all it is. This whole script was eight movie names. All the shit that you're hearing is is just us wanking on. And the... The mentions at the end. That's all our notes have. Like yeah. sometimes I copy and paste stuff as we're talking. Like and look and look up. Like John Waters was Ted Bundy. You know what I mean in that movie. But like I'm all of this shit is straight off the fucking cuff. Whatever cuff means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anyhow, we're uh. I fucked up the end. That's the end. See ya. Bye.